0: Welcome to Blue Glasses Math. In this podcast, we will explore how our self perception as math teachers and learners influences our approach to life. Whether you identify as a math enthusiast or not, this podcast is for you. Are you a teacher, a parent, a school administrator, or a student? Join me as we shift our perspective on what it means to be a math person. Let's take a look. I'm back. For those loyal listeners, they may have noticed that I was out last week. I had a sick little puppy and she's feeling better now. So it's how amazing that one little cute fuzzy thing can just derail your entire week. But I'm back. And today we're going to dig into confidence a little bit deeper. Here's my question. Have you ever considered how a student's confidence in math can shape their academic journey and their future. Have you ever thought about that? So why is confident, why, we, why do I continue to talk about confidence? Well, I really have seen over the years when I've talked to people who are teachers, people who are not teachers, people who are students, what I see is this common theme of people wanting to tell me all their stories about their experiences in math class and i would say if you really boil it down to what's happening it's about their confidence in their ability to be able to do math quote unquote and as you know on this podcast we talk about like what we're digging deep into what does it actually mean to be a successful math student and does it really mean what we think it means? And how does that connect to building math confidence? Because if we say that building math confidence is a cornerstone for your academic journey, then we really need to start paying attention. Um, the other reason why we need to start paying attention about math confidence is because over and over again, and I just saw it actually the other day, it was really interesting, it came up on my Instagram feed. It was a neighboring town and it was a tutoring center. And they're having tutoring for the state test, which the state test really, I mean, I don't know what's going on in that town or why they feel like they need to prepare students for the state test outside of school. Um, but I wonder, its very, it was wild to me, how the, how those students feel that they have to go for two or three hours on a Saturday, a fourth grader to do extra math so that they can perform on a state test. Now, I could understand other reasons why a fourth grader might want to go and do math on a Saturday, but preparing for a state test, and that's what I'm going to get into in this episode, really makes me wonder where we're putting are the value. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what math confidence means, or confidence in math class. So if we really dig deep into math confidence, like when I was learning math, when I was like in second, third, fourth grade, it was who was ever getting the answer right fastest and who's ever getting the most answers right. And I remember the kids who got gold stars. I was one of them for a part of the time, but it wasn't one of them for all of the time. That's a, that's a huge misunderstanding about me is that people think, oh, there's Pam, the math wizard. I'm not a math wizard, but what I can do very well is help people understand math um, from a conceptual perspective Um, because of my education, I was able to really learn and dig deep about what it means to really understand mathematics and, and be a mathematical thinker. So having math confidence is not just about getting the right answers, but it's about feeling capable, willing to tackle problems, willing to persist through difficult problems. Willing to know that you can face a challenge and persist through that challenge and not give up. That's what math confidence is. Math confidence is not, I was able to do 100 problems in three seconds or whatever. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, that's great that you can do that. Um, But what math confidence really means is having that ability to try, get stuck, Use your resources, get back up again, and get to the answer and have those aha moments. There is a huge difference between simply knowing all the equations and all of the formulas and being confident in your ability to do powerful mathematics. So why is math confidence really important in the classroom? Well, if you think about students who are confident in math classrooms, You can imagine that their engagement, their willing to participate, and their resilience in facing challenging problems are all going to increase in a student who feels confident. Now remember, confidence does not mean the straight A student who's at the top of the class. I'm not talking about different levels here. I'm talking about how students feel about their ability to just be able to tackle a problem. Confidence in math class can be likened to confidence in, let me think about something that I've taken a risk at. Okay, rock climbing, right? So I haven't done it recently, but I would do indoor rock climbing, of course, safety first. And um, actually, my daughter would belay me, meaning she holds the ropes at the bottom and I would climb to the top. And that was a huge risk because my daughter's quite little littler than me and I'm a lot older than she is. And so the confidence that I had to have was not that like I was going to be able to get to the top in three minutes of the top of the climbing wall. It was more like I had confidence in my body to be able to, and the strength in my body, to be able to pull myself up each time. And as as I got closer to the top, my confidence actually increased. And the reason why my confidence increased is because I had already proven to myself over and over as I stepped each step and grabbed each hold every single time. I thought, oh, I can do this. I can do this. So I took a huge risk, first of all, by buckling into that uh, harness. And then by actually starting to climb and not knowing not really knowing if I was going to be able to get to the top of that wall and that's something I should probably revisit because I think it's something that I am afraid of heights but I was confident in my daughter's ability to hold the rope and I was confident in the mechanisms around me to like the whatever they call it the thing that keeps you from actually falling in case for some reason she decides to slip at, you know, pay attention to something else and forgets to hold on to me. There are safety measures in place. And so I had the confidence in all of those things. So I had confidence in myself. I had confidence in my daughter to pay attention and hold me on her belay thingy. And I also had confidence in the structure of the rock climbing mechanisms, right? But here's the thing. I didn't go in there saying, oh, I've got this. Like, I'm super confident. I went in there with a fear, like, but also confidence. So we can connect that to confidence in math class. The same kind of idea is that, so let me break it down for you so that it's super crystal clear. When a student walks into a math classroom, they may have some confidence. They may have no confidence. They may be somewhere in the middle. They may feel like they are on top of the world and they can tackle any problem. The environment that they're in and the problems that are put in front of them, the rocks on the wall or whatever metaphor you want to use, will help them continue to build more confidence if they are allowed to explore, they are allowed to take risks, and they are allowed to make mistakes without shame or blame. And I want to make it really clear here that I'm not shaming or blaming someone for shaming or blaming students, if that makes any sense. Um, but it's more about like that, like the culture that we create around, like, what is it to learn, what what does it mean to actually learn math? So we've got to start normalizing the mistakes as they contribute to building student confidence, because every time we do anything, there's always a margin of mistakes when we're learning something new. It doesn't matter whether you're learning a new recipe, learning how to climb a, wa- a rock wall. It doesn't matter, right? And all of those mistakes continue, con- contribute to building confidence. So here is my question. Is how are we asking students to take risks in our math classes? What are we doing? Are you doing number talks, Maybe. Are you using, um, what strategies are you using? What types of problems are you giving your students to be able to take risks? Maybe it's in the form of a game or a center activity that they're doing. I'm just kind of curious. What are the risks that your students are taking in math class? And how is that communicating to them that their confidence, the building of confidence is dependent actually on their risk-taking and their mistake-making because it helps them to build those muscles of problem-solving. So giving students opportunities to explore mathematics using multiple ways to approach problems, but really giving them the opportunity to explore, not like here's five ways to subtract, right? Because when you teach students five different ways to subtract, which You know who you are. Teachers, I'm not going to say what grade I'm talking about, but um, when we teach them, you know, today on Tuesday, we're going to learn this this way. On Wednesday, we're going to learn this way. And on Thursday, we're going to learn this way. And then you wonder at the end of the chapter why students are like, I don't know how to subtract because I don't know which way to use. So yes, we want to give students many opportunities to see that there's more than one path to understanding or solving a problem. And we also want to give them opportunity to do some discovery in that. And knowing that along the way, the mistakes are going to be valuable parts of the learning process in order to help continue the conversation about the mathematics. And in this process of focusing on taking risks, I believe that we need a shift in focus about what we value in the math class and what we mm, what we identify as success, if you will. I wanted to tell you a real quick story about an experience that I had when I was teaching those eighth graders. And I had like taken the textbooks away and I was sort of doing my own thing. And I had students engaged, and they were excited about learning, and they were coming to class even though they were eighth graders, and well, excited as an as an eighth grader gets. <laughs> um, I had a conversation with an administrator, who this is this was the very beginning of benchmark testing for those of you teachers who are out there. You know what I'm talking about, and it was really like the beginning of it. And I had this paper test that I had to give students for times a year. The test took at least three days to administer. And if I had special education students, sometimes it would take them the entire week. And then it would take several days to grade because it was a paper test. It was not computerized at all. I think there was like maybe 70% multiple choice and the other 30% was um, open, open response. And we actually had to bring somebody in, like they had to hire a temp or something because I was running out of time. I, I, there was no way I could have graded these. And this is a conversation, this is how the conversation went with the administrator. The administrator came in and she wanted to know why this, per, this student had a 30% and why that student had a 25%. And the grades were not good. I mean, the outcomes were not good. But I tried to say to that administrator, but they know how to do the math because they're showing me in class, but when they sit down to take this test, for whatever reason, well, I know the reason it was a poorly designed test, but that's a whole nother episode. But I was being judged on the, the outcome of my students on these benchmark tests, even though those benchmarks were not aligned with the, well, at that time it was before Common Core, so, but it wasn't aligned with the New Jersey state standards. I can tell you that right now. And uh, by the way, I'm in New Jersey. And yet, the conversation was about like the outcome, not about the process at all. And I had one of those meetings after every quarterly assessment, and every single time I dreaded it. I would get a pit in the bottom of my stomach because I somehow could not articulate to this administrator that my students were very capable, but the test was not a good reflection on their capabilities. So this is where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I believe in data-driven instruction to a certain degree, but I also think we need to start shifting the focus on what we are looking at in terms of what means success in a math classroom. What what means success for one individual student compared to another individual student? Is it the grade on those benchmark tests? Or is it the fact that that student chose to raise their hand and provide a contribution to the conversation? Or is it in a building thinking classroom where students are standing up at non-permanent vertical spaces? Is it when one student chooses to take the the marker and provide their input? Is it when a student makes a mistake and then is able to correct themselves the following day? That to me is a win. And how are we celebrating those wins? Because the wins that we celebrate in math class have a direct connection to how students are developing their confidence in math class. And if we are so wound up about the, and I know this is not happening in every school, but I know there are some schools where we're still there. PS, the town where parents are paying for their kids to go for state testing prep on the weekends. I know that we still have this emphasis so much on the outcome, and how is that impacting our students' willingness to take risks and to feel confident in math class? And I think we need to take a deep dive in this country and start having some serious conversations about what it looks like to be successful in mathematics. So that was the beginning of my rant. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would really appreciate it if you would follow, like, post, tag somebody that you know needs to listen to this episode, whether it be an administrator, a teacher, a parent, about shifting our perspectives on what it means to be a math person. I'm Pam Brett. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Blue Glasses Math. Please follow me wherever you get your podcasts and follow along on The Conversation on Instagram. And remember, being a math person is all just a matter of perspective.